Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I am a short person and I do hail from short people. But I am five foot two and I hail from people who are five five and five six. And so I always just sort of assumed that I would also be five five or five six. And then my pediatrician, when I was like 18 years old, was like, Well, now that you're done growing, dot dot dot. And I was like, excuse me, madam, how dare you? I have more growing to do. And I don't know what I thought I would be able to do at 5'4", 5'5", 5'6", that I couldn't do at 5'2", except not be 5'2". But it was like a crushing blow to find out that there was something physically that I always thought I would do or be that I would never be. And that is a very small version of what we are talking to Jamie about today. Jamie is someone who has worked in bird science for a long time and has recently gotten a diagnosis that is making that really difficult for them to keep doing. And I feel like we all know versions of this where suddenly the injury doesn't let us do the sport anymore. We're getting too old for something, whatever it is. And it's a painful process to come up against those moments in our lives. And we all do. I'm Vanessa Zoltan, and this is Should I Quit? Hi, Jamie. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi. Really happy to be here. <laughs> so I know you a little bit because you are taking a class that I'm one of the teachers for called What Matters. But I did not know that I can just quiz you on bird facts and that you know everything about birds. Yeah, um, that's kind of funny because that's usually the first impression I make on people. <laughs> Is the bird person. What did you do wrong when we met? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm just going to start big. What is a recent bird that you've been like, do you know what? This bird's awesome. I saw a bald eagle yesterday. <gasps> I didn't have binoculars, so I was like just looking outside and this bald eagle just like drifts by and I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> we have a lot of them in my area all of a sudden and there's a lot of um, 
concerned because they're being found dead a lot. And the thought is that they're eating rats that have eaten rat poison. And so I would like to have a professional development session for the bald eagles that they should only eat alive rats. Dead rats, easier to catch, but maybe poisoned. Yeah, bald eagles are, um, they're like totally scavengers. They'll steal any food from any other bird that they can. They sound like, instead of the like majestic, that's what I picture they sounded like. That's a red-tailed hawk. That was actually a red-tailed hawk that I keep in my bedroom. That wasn't me. (laughs) Okay, so you know a lot about birds, and I think that 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 is at the heart of your question. What question brought you here today? My question is, should I quit bird science? Okay, and this is a job for you? Yeah, this is a career. Okay. That I've been pursuing for like six years. We're on six years now. Okay, so tell me, what does your life look like as far as bird science? What would you be quitting? I'm in a transition point in the bird science. So I have a bachelor's degree and I've been doing field work for like four years. And that's been a lot of like moving around, working on a ton of different projects and getting like broad experience. And I'm at the point where I would stop doing that and go into a master's program and then... I would get a master's degree and look for a permanent position as a biologist for some organization like the state or a nonprofit. And the going into grad school part of it had me like slowing down a lot and doing a lot of reflecting because that's a lot of money and it's a lot of time and it will most definitely impact my mental health. So what is working in the field like? What does that mean? Do you like it? First, tell me, what does it mean? It means going and collecting data. The data can look different depending on the project. So like sometimes we're catching the birds and tagging them. Sometimes I'm just like listening for the birds and marking down species. Usually it's living out of a tent or a field house and living with coworkers and then going out very early because the birds get up very early and catching or recording them and then doing that every day. And do you like it? I love it. It's just getting outside and going and chasing birds. Yeah. So is there a reason you can't do this forever? Yeah, it's very physically demanding. Even the cushiest field job, which I would consider like living out of a house with running water and electricity and close to grocery stores, even that it usually involves like a lot of walking or standing, like physical activity and sustained physical activity. And that's a problem like in 30 years or is that a problem like I can only do this for another year? That started to become a problem now, which was a lot sooner than I anticipated. I was diagnosed with a chronic illness Mm -hmm. two years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. And it is making like the physical part of field work difficult and the access part of it, like the accessibility when in the field to certain things. It's so annoying. I'm sorry. That sucks. It it just sucks when you physically, right? When you like literally physically can't do something you want to do. It's you're coming up against a limit. Uh, It's really frustrating, especially when it's not one that you thought you were going to come up against. Yeah. I 
Never imagined. And my first, like my first real red flag symptoms happened during a field season working with an organization that I really love that like I had wanted to work with for a long time. And then it just, that was my first big flare. And I was like, oh no. And then it went away and I was like, okay. And and then it came back when I went to Australia for a field season and I was like, oh no, it's back yeah. and it's worse. Okay. So should I just believe you that you absolutely need a master's to continue in this field? Or should I be like, do you? I don't know anything about your field. Yeah. A master's degree is like shorthand in the job requirements for a lot of experience. It like substitutes in for like six years of field experience. You have six years of field experience. I I almost have six years of field experience. I realized as I was saying that. You still are like, I would not get the jobs that I want without a master's. Yeah. I have gaps in the like quantitative statistics kind of stuff. Okay. So I'm not going to go down that path with you. I believe you, right? Like you can't become a lawyer. I don't know anything about your field, but I a hundred percent believe you. So does a master's program, like, does it sound impossible to you? No, it sounds doable. Okay. It also sounds like I'm afraid I will get partway through it and realize or be afraid that I'm like wasting my time and I could have been doing something else. That's interesting. What is this other great thing that you would be doing that's more important than pursuing your career with birds? Well, I just got into Jewish education. Okay. And I'm doing a lot of Jewish learning. I'm also teaching at a Hebrew school. Mm -hmm. Classroom management is horrible. (laughs) It's the worst part of teaching. Right. Yeah. But diving into the Jewish of it all is like really cool also. Yeah. So let me, I'm going to do math. You speak math. (laughs) This is math. I do speak math. (laughs) If masters equals being able to keep working with birds, are you saying that birds feels lesser than Jewish education stuff? Birds feel harder. How does it sound harder? Really the accessibility part of it. Like, that's the Mm -hmm. thing that I keep coming up against because, like, right now I'm doing fine and I'm, like, in remission. But I keep wondering, like, what if I flare again in the middle of a field season? And you can't stop a field season. Like, it is a season where the birds are doing this behavior and you're out in the field to, like, collect data on that behavior. You can't be like, hey, birds, I'm sick right now. Please stop. (laughs) I'll be back in a week. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But – Me and bird science is also tied up in, like, conservation. And Mm -hmm. I guess part of me is afraid that if I stop working in bird science, I'm not working to conserve the planet anymore. That's a false binary. No, it's all on you. I'm glad that you actually know that. (laughs) Yeah. If you got your master's, wouldn't the accessibility problem go away? Would you be able to have this other kind of more accessible bird job or no? Yes. Okay. I would. So, Jamie, you have a lot of concerns about the master's program, but let's imagine for a minute that you get through the master's program. At the other side of it, are you like, but now I can have this accessible bird job 
that I will love. No, because I'm afraid that job isn't the one I want. Why? why? What about that job would you not want? I'm having a really hard time articulating why I don't want that job, which is part of why this question is like, should I quit? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's something about being out in the field collecting data yeah. that is just, it's like climbing a mountain or going on a really long hike. It's that plus birds. <laughs> and this is a thing I've wanted to do since I was eight. Mm-hmm. When I first got obsessed with birds, I was introduced to birds by bird scientists who were out doing field work. Yeah. And then like two weeks later, family lore says I woke up and was like, mom, I want to be a birder. I hope you said it in that voice. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So like losing or feeling like I'm losing the field work part of it. Yeah. It's like not what I want and not what I've been working towards. So can I rephrase the question back to you? What I think the actual question is? Yeah. It's should I let the fact that I now have a chronic illness change the course of my career? Yeah, that's the question. So I'm going to say to you, it already has. Yep. And that sucks. So then the question is, how should I let it, right? Like I have this new piece of information. I have a chronic illness. The career that I wanted to have, I'm not going to get to have. Now what? Right? Like this isn't about whether or not you should go to grad school, right? You don't want to go to grad school. You don't want the job on the other side of grad school. Yeah. And so... It sounds like you've already done this work, that you have already found an alternative career that you're excited about, and that your question is like, should I quit hoping that I'm going to find a way to keep doing bird science? Yes. Should I quit hoping that there'll be a cure or that there will be the perfect job that actually is resourced for me to show up? Is that right? Do you feel like your body, your momentum has kind of oriented itself towards Jewish education? Yeah. I feel like it has. And like the lingering question is, do I hold on to bird science in some form or do I let it go completely for now? Yeah. I'm finding it really hard to let go of something that I've put 16 years of my life into. Yeah. It's been a core part of my identity. And I'm like, who am I if I change that? I mean, what it really sounds like, right, is like one of the reasons I don't watch the Olympics is because I can't stand the pressure of watching someone who has spent their whole life working towards something that can be ruined by being off by 0.1 second or 0.01 second. And like, even worse, an injury that pulls them from the game. Yeah. And that's what it sounds like to me. Like you're a pro ball player who's worked your whole life for this and you tore your ACL and you like, fuck this sport. You're never going to be able to play again. And like, really, should I coach? I don't want to coach. I want to be on the court. Yeah. 
One of my favorite stories about a pro athlete that retired, and I can't remember who it is, and I will look it up, is someone became a dentist. Like they retired at 30 and then they went to dental school because that's like plenty of time to go to dental school, you know? And I just love it. Is there part of you that's like, do you know what? I'm so lucky. I found dentistry. I found Jewish education. Let me rephrase this. Yeah. So you wanted to work in birds for 16 years. So what if today is the day that you say Jewish education, 16 years from now, can you see yourself as happy in Jewish education as you were out in the field when you were healthy? Yeah. Okay. That doesn't mean that this doesn't suck, right? (laughs) Yeah. Because it's 16 years from now and you already put in 16 years. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying like, okay, so great. Quit bird (laughs) stuff and you got a great plan B. Solved. All good. (laughs) But let's say a little bit solved, except that you have this, the sub question was, should I give it up altogether? And again, I don't know enough about bird science. Do you have to give it up altogether? I also don't know. Like being, it sounds like being a birder isn't enough for you. Yeah, I really connect with birds in the like learning about them to do conservation or science or like just a more active learning about them instead of just like listing all of the birds I saw today. Yeah, I'll tell you, I went on two dates with a guy who I didn't like, but he wanted to work with turtles. He was obsessed with turtles when he was a kid and he always thought his job would have something to do with turtles. And I don't remember what he did, but it didn't end up (laughs) being about turtles. And what he did was he would he was part of a volunteer organization that on the weekends would go and rescue beached turtles on the Cape. And he would literally go and save turtles' lives every weekend. Like, he was very involved with working in a field with turtles, you know, like four hours a week. Like, there are ways, right? Yeah, there's a lot of, like, citizen science and volunteer work. And I'm wondering if it's, like, yeah... Part of the grieving process is I need to put some distance and then come back to it. Yeah. Because going into the citizen science volunteering like right now is like an open wound because I was like, I was getting paid for that. Yeah. And that was my career in my life. That's the advice I always give to people who want to be friends with their exes. (laughs) I'm like, give it a year and go back. And this is my longest relationship, 16 years with birds. (laughs) Well, right. bird science. You've been in a really long relationship with bird science. You need a break before you can come back and be friends. Yeah. <laughs> and that break will give you a chance to date your new love, Jewish education, more seriously. Yeah. And like completely fall in love with this new life partner. I'm already well on my way. <laughs> I, it sounds like you already knew coming in, Jamie, right? Like you've got to quit bird science. It is not ready for your body. Maybe some of the citizen advocacy that you can do is changing that, but that's not your job. It's like not up to people with chronic illnesses to make the world built for them. Yeah. And it sounds like you're pissed Yeah, that you have to quit, right? And like, fuck them. Yeah. Like you should quit because this is the world that we live in, but you shouldn't have to quit because we should live in a different world, right? That's it. That's you summed it up right there. Like we, we shouldn't have to do this, but we need to. Yeah. 
And man, you're fucking brilliant, right? You found this other thing already. That's incredible. You've found this like, I want to say like graceful way to exit this dance, right? With like a partner who keeps stepping on your toes. You're like, <laughs> never mind. I'm going back over here. I'm going to dance in this you other thing, right? Friend. Like, Got to catch up. Yeah. I got to go. Oh my God. Millie's over there. I got to go. And like, that's beautiful. And that just doesn't mean, right. If we want to go back to our romantic metaphor, you can find a better partner, but that who you're so glad to have, that doesn't mean you're not angry at your ex for being a jerk. Yeah, it is. I am so heartbroken. (laughs) Because it's been like a passion fueled journey and career so it hasn't just been that right like it was the jackpot it was an idea you were passionate about and then uh, the work that you loved right yeah like I was passionate about education and then I kind of hated being in a classroom whereas you were passionate about birds and then you got out there and you were like and I fucking love it it's so cool (laughs) And so it's like double heartbreak, right? It's like you had found the thing. You'd like pulled off the hat trick. Right. I found it when I was eight and it panned out like (laughs) it was working. Yeah. I am very excited for you with Jewish education. I will say that. You know me. I don't like to focus on the bright side of things. I really don't. But like your face does light up when you talk about it and you keep like reaching off screen to something in the future. You keep going like this. It's my calendar with all of the like. Got it. That's what you're pointing to. (laughs) And I just I do think that that's going to serve you. And I think that had you not gotten sick, bird science would have served you and that it's bullshit that you getting sick made that not be able to be true. You should have come, been able to come on this podcast and been like, shit, I have two passions. Which do I pick? <laughs> I know, right? Right? Like, you should have been able to come on the podcast with that question. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, come back <laughs> when you're working in Jewish education and you're like, should I do birding in Torah or birding in <laughs> Talmud? <laughs> or both. Should I quit birding with Torah to do birding with Talmud? <laughs> And we'll figure that out. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yes. Jamie, thank you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to Should I Quit, our latest season of The Real Question. 99% of our show is funded through our Patreon at patreon.com slash realquestionpod. Another way you can support the show is by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at RealQuestionPod and Twitter at TheRealQPod. It is a pleasure, as always, to shout out our BFF tier patrons, Molly Real, Laura Lorber, Kristen Hall, Mary Margaret, Becky Boo, Jenny Cruz, Amanda Schramm, Effie Hugh, Stephanie Federwish, Biddy, and Ari. We are a Not Sorry production. Our executive producer is Ariana Nettleman, and our music is by Nick Bull. We are distributed by ACAST. A special and huge thank you to Jamie for joining us today. And thanks, as always, to our wonderful team, Julia Argy, Nikki Zoltan, Lara Glass, AJ Yoramas, Hannah Rehack, Courtney Brown, Margaret H. Willison, Casper Jerkyle, and Stephanie Paulsell. My favorite bird is the pelican. Tell me something I don't know about the pelican. Do you know about their yawning? No. I know about the fact that their mouth is a sieve. 
when pelicans yawn, you know their beak pouch, right? Yeah. They fold their neck so they can like fold their neck up and then they invert their beak pouch over their folded neck. (laughs) It is the funniest, weirded thing. You have to look up pelicans yawning. Um, (laughs) What does their beak pouch feel like? Does it feel the same as their beak or is it soft? The beak is definitely hard. And I think like there's elasticity in the beak pouch for sure, because it can like stretch and (laughs) right. It's like jaw versus like double chin or like jaw versus cheek. Cheek. Got it. Jaw versus cheek. Okay. I'm so glad I asked. (laughs) A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. <laughs> 